0: Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Talking Sass and thank you guys so much for joining me. Every week I talk about how spectacular my guests are and this week, no exception, of course, but before we talk about that guest... Let's talk about Patreon.com slash Sassy Steffi. You guys knew that was coming. You know the spiel by now. Starting at only $2, you guys are going to get great, amazing, exclusive content to Patreon only. So make sure you guys go and check that out. And from there, the tiers go up, which get even more exclusive content. So again, check that out. It's Patreon.com slash Sassy Steffi. Now, if you want to follow along on Instagram and Twitter, I love new followers. So come hang out with me. It is at Sassy Steffi on both of those platforms. Now, if you're watching on YouTube or or you're listening, rather, on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe. And also, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that bell notification so you never miss a second of talking Sass. And also, if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to rate and review Talking Sass with five stars. And also, if you do review, i really love to read those on the show. And I haven't had any recently. So make sure you guys go and do that so I have some more cool things to read or say on the opening of the show, okay? Now, on to today's guest. I am so excited. This girl started training at such a young age. She's only 19 now, but she has been labeled a prodigy within professional wrestling. She is the first woman to receive a ticket to the gold for Ring of Honors Women's Tournament. And this week, of course, the brackets were announced on uh, ROH and she's gonna be going up against Sumi Sakai, which is definitely a huge, huge match for her. I mean, she's so young in her career And Sumi Sakai has so much experience. Such a lovely person. Both of them are extremely lovely. And I'm so excited to get to talk to her. This here is Roxy. Hey Roxy, how's it going?
2: Hi, I'm good,
1: how are you? I'm doing well, thank you for joining me. I know we had a little time issue earlier but we got that all worked out. (laughs) You (laughs) (laughs) It happens with different time zones and different areas of the world. Yeah. Zones there anyway. But it is, it's crazy trying to book people on Zoom. It's so much easier when you can just do it in person at like a show or whatever. But, you know, right now I'm in Canada and I can't even cross the border. So (laughs) no real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But luckily we're at the end of this whole nightmare. At least it seems that way. Yeah, there's like, we're like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly, it's so (laughs) great. Cause like for like the last, I started nine months ago. So like nine months, it's like, so how's it going? What are you doing while you're at home? (laughs) because everybody's stuck at home for the most part unless you live in certain areas of the country I know they had a little bit more freedom than others but yeah I had
2: to stop and think I'm like I'm totally not just sleeping all day
1: (laughs) (laughs) me either but oh Canada was really hard in Quebec we had like a um a curfew that's what it is at nine o'clock so like you couldn't even leave your house after nine o'clock Like, let's say I wanted to go to the store and get something. Nope, can't do it. Yeah, that's
2: how it was in uh, my hometown. Uh, I don't live there anymore. But when I was living there, it was like that. Because I know here in Houston, they didn't have a curfew. But uh, in Laredo, they had a curfew. I think it was like, I I think it was around like 7 or 8, something like that. But yeah.
1: Yeah, see, our earliest one was 8 o'clock. So, like, mm-hmm. everything, like, kind of closed at, like, 7, 7.30, except for, like, gas stations and, like, things that needed to be open for people who had essential jobs, but that was about it, so.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just upset because uh, the gyms are still not open 24 hours, they still oh. close at, like, 10, and I'm like, what? Like, they're like, oh, guys, you don't have to wear masks anymore, but it's not open 24 hours yet. <laughs>
1: See, you know what? I never understood about these curfew things, and especially like a gym. Okay, it's weird to me. Like you say, you don't have to wear a mask, but we're gonna close at ten. Like, what does COVID go out and like party at ten o'clock? That's what I'm, saying. I'm
2: like, what? Is it just like, oh, okay, everybody's in their house. Let me come out now. Like, what?
1: I yeah. <laughs> I never understood that. I'm like, you would let's say the majority of people anyway in their daily lives. Are probably not out monday through thursday sunday through thursday maybe because they have normal jobs or they're going to school or whatever so you would think there's less likely a chance of coming in contact with a person who has covid after those hours anyway but i mean i digress because that would be a whole podcast <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> we're like anyway <laughs> yeah exactly well let's talk about you because obviously that's why we're here and like I've done a little bit of research on you, and I'm just, like, amazed. You're 19 years old, correct? Yes. And you started training at 13 years old. Like, to me, at 13, I'm a teenager. I'm going to the mall. I'm hanging out. Of course, I'm watching wrestling at night or whatever, but I'm not thinking about wrestling or training. I mean, I was a cheerleader at the time, but, like, nothing that I would – want to do professionally in fact I didn't start wrestling I was 22 my first match so I mean there's quite a bit of difference between 13 yeah you go through a lot of a lot of uh, life changes in that time so what was it like for you being 13 what made you decide to go into professional wrestling
2: um I've always wanted to be a wrestler since I was Probably like, since I could remember, honestly, <laughs> um, I think around like the age of 10, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a wrestler when I'm older. And everybody was just like, okay, sure. Like, my parents were like, it's probably just a phase, but it wasn't. And <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, at first, all I knew was like WWE. I didn't know there was um, like in the, an independent circuit. So There is actually a local wrestling promotion in my hometown that I didn't know about. But my stepdad, he was like friends with, I think, one of the wrestlers Mm -hmm. um, that wrestled there. And he's like, oh, like, I'll take you to one of the shows. And so we went and like, I just fell in love with it. I was like, oh, this is so cool. You can actually like, I can just wrestle in my hometown. Like, uh, I didn't (laughs) think it was like actually that possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, I started helping out there. Uh, so, like, my dad introduced me to, like, the wrestlers and then, like, the promoter. And uh, I actually started off as, like, I can't remember exactly what it's called. But those people that, like, go and, like, get the ring jackets from the ring and then take them to the back. That's what I did at, like, 11 years old.
1: <laughs> I oh, was just that's doing so fun, it. though.
2: Yeah, and I thought I was the coolest ever for doing that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then, so I did that. And then, um, and then I started off as a ref when I started training. So when I was about, like, 11, uh, I would, like, bug my mom all the time. And I'm like, I just want to start training. Like, can you ask that promoter if I can train with them? She's like, okay, I'll ask. And so she asked. And they were like, oh, she's a little too young. Like, put her into cheerleading or tumbling or something that would help her. And so that's what I did. Uh, I got put into cheerleading, which helped a lot uh because they do a lot of like roles and like a lot of like agility stuff and that definitely helped me so then when I turned 13 I was bugging her again and she's like okay let me ask again so she asked again and they were like okay bring her in um so yeah I started training with them my first trainers uh their names are George Benavides and Johnny Angel um they didn't let me uh step into like a ring to have a match until I had like I think a year and a half of like full training where I was just doing like rolls and bums and like just like perfecting the basics Mm -hmm. um but while I was doing that I was refing. I was refing matches um so I was like a huge fan of AJ Lee at the time and like she used to do
1: about that
2: yeah (laughs) she used to do like uh she used to like do that thing where they had like that storyline she like ref matches and I was like oh this would be so cool so I had like my little converse on and I made my outfit like kind of cute <laughs> and I was like having the time of my life like just refing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah I did that for about like a year and a half and then um I was a part of this team with my trainers called what a team <laughs> and basically we were just all wearing like burger shirts, and we we're just called What a Team, and everybody loved it just because they're like, "Oh, Texas, we love burger Yeah. Um, so I was like a manager, so I feel like I kind of like was able to do everything, mm-hmm. and that kind of helped me like a lot now because I was able to, you know, I didn't get to like have my first match until like a year and a half, but I was refing, and then I got to manage, and then I got to like. Go and take the wrestler's gear and take it to the back and stuff like that and like it just all made me fall like keep falling in love with wrestling like even more um, and yeah and then I uh, I actually stopped wrestling for about a year when I got into high school um, because I was like okay well like uh, I want I can't really like do much with wrestling right now like mm-hmm. I can't get signed anywhere or anything because I'm 13 yeah. I'm <laughs> um, Yeah, so uh, uh, when I was a freshman, I joined the junior varsity soccer team, Uh, but I was like so busy with that that I could never go to wrestling training, Uh, so after that year, I just didn't do soccer the rest of my high school years, and I just went back to wrestling, and yeah, I just kept with that, and now, now I'm here.
1: (laughs) that's amazing because you got to go through all these different aspects of professional wrestling that maybe someone who hasn't doesn't understand. Like for me, a lot of times I was never a referee. I mean, I did it a few times here or there, but nothing like seriously, but like, I feel I always respected my referees. Like I always, you know, wanted to get them involved because in a singles match, you have obviously the two opponents, but that referee is so important in telling your story if you include them yeah you know for you to have and understand how important the ref is especially at such a young age that to me is like just brilliant on every level (laughs) you know did the wrestlers I mean obviously you were probably working both male and female matches at that time did they respect you even though you were like 13 years old working a match with them
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I actually, when I first started, I wasn't really wrestling girls much. I think I wrestled maybe, like, one because there wasn't many at all in my area. Um, So I was just wrestling guys all the time. I was just training with just guys. Um, But my two trainers, I'm, like, so thankful for them, uh, George and Johnny, because they always took me so seriously since I first stepped in there. Like, they could have easily been like, oh, she's a 13-year-old little girl, like, whatever. But they took me, they took me so seriously and they didn't treat me any different than they like treated the guys there, um, which I have always appreciated because I felt like I would have been such a different wrestler if I hadn't been treated like that. Like I would have been such a different wrestler now. Uh, Um, and, uh, yeah, like they're the reason, I think they're the reason why a lot of the other, like all the other guys took me seriously there because they were just like, Hey, like uh she's a she's a girl but she's a wrestler and you guys are gonna treat her like she's a wrestler and so yeah like there was never any disrespect. Um I think I there's like a few stories just of where like people from like out of town were like right by the border. So a lot of the time like some luchadors would come over. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember like one time um uh, I was actually a ref and there was these two luchadors and they came to me and I was gonna ref their match and they were like hey like we're gonna do a spot where like uh they he I forgot exactly what it was but he's like I'm gonna end up kissing you and I was like uh like I'm 13 and he's like oh it's okay it'll be quick and I was like what how does that where's the logic in that and I like just went to my trainer and I was like hey this happened and he like stop that real quick and I didn't end up uh, like doing that match yeah but he like totally like stopped it and like they always took care of me and yeah I'm super super grateful for that
1: definitely because I mean I know we don't have to go into obviously the details but I know last year when we had the speaking out moment You had a little thing that you had been involved in. Like I said, we don't have to go all there. We want to be positive here. (laughs) But like, it it must have been hard for somebody. I mean, obviously you're a beautiful lady, you know, so to have all these men that are constantly around you, because you said, you know, you barely got to work with any women in the beginning of your career. That had to be very difficult being a teenager, coming into the business and having to deal with some people like that, which luckily, knock on wood, hopefully we're moving in a better direction now since yes. the hangout out moment.
2: <laughs> no,
1: yeah, for sure. But did you have like, I mean, obviously that moment aside, did you obviously, did you have other issues with males within the business?
2: Um, I feel like it was mostly like fans, mm-hmm. which um, it's kind of like, every time I think about it, it makes me a little sad that it's like, oh, like, yeah, we get all these weird like DMs and weird interactions with like older men and we just kind of have to like deal with it because, you know, it comes with the business and I kind of think about it and I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad, but like, it's kind of like you really, it's really important to like be aware of that, especially me getting in so young Mm because I think like, honestly, the first um, like inappropriate message I got from a fan, I was like 14 and I remember, yeah, I was like on my Instagram and I remember going to my mom and being like, oh, my God, like, like, what is this? Like, this is, I just got sent this to me and she was just like, oh, like she couldn't really like she didn't really know what to do just because it's like my daughter really wants to wrestle. But like, this is also a little problem. And it was just like, like I said, just having like my two trainers when I first started because they never really left my side uh when I first started uh, wrestling like all those years that I first started wrestling that I was like a minor they were always there um so yeah that's like super important but uh with like wrestlers not really um just like that instant um that instance with you know <laughs> but um yeah it was mostly just like fans which is like you know Comes with business,
1: but yeah, but why we're on it, fans? Please don't be creepy, especially yeah. because, like, <laughs> younger women coming into the business. Like it can be much. Like me, I'm I'm a bit older. I wrestled for twelve years, and now I've been out for about two or three. So you know, fifteen years of experiencing it, it's like okay, it comes with a territory. But if somebody's coming in very young and impressionable and stuff like that, just be cool yeah for sure you know I, mean, I I really
2: like I when that whole um like incident happened when like the speaking out movement started happening and then I kind of remembered like what the situation I was in I was like I honestly thought about it for a while and I was like I was like should I speak out on it should I just keep it to myself and it was like really really hard but like what I what really like kind of made me feel even like sadder was just thinking about all the younger people that I've like met that are like I want to be a wrestler and like I know there's like this uh 15 year old little girl who names Mia Friday and she's just starting like to come up uh in Texas and I thought about all of that and I was just like like I would never want them to like go through one of those incidents that like I went through like, ever, like, because, like, you know, like, these little girls just come into wrestling, and all they want to do is just wrestle, and, like, they don't even think that something like that could happen, and I was, like, you know what, like, I feel like, if anything, like, just, like, sharing my story will just kind of, like, it'll just make everyone more aware and kind of help this younger generation that hopefully they won't go through any of that stuff just because, like, I was able to, like, share my story and be like hey this happens like cut it out
1: (laughs) yeah definitely i mean that was such a big movement for professional wrestling especially for women in professional wrestling because i mean i can't probably count how many times somebody was inappropriate whether it's fans or other workers or whatever within my time in the business and like i just kind of blew it off because that was kind of what was expected Sometimes yeah. and that was that's disgusting to even have that train of thought. But that's mm-hmm. what it was. And now, like I said, hopefully with things getting back to normal, things will be a lot better for women within locker rooms. Oh, but that's that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> you could go off off the rails and just talk True. about the inappropriateness. And it's not just with wrestling, it's it's across the world with everything that women and men. You know, do together. But well, let's get back talking about wrestling and more what you've done. So, you trained with these two guys, George and uh, what did you say? Johnny. Johnny. George and Johnny. So, they've trained you for quite a bit of time. And then, how did you get involved with Booker T's school?
2: So, uh, I actually knew of Booker T's school since uh, forever ago. <laughs> uh, like yeah. I said, I was always super serious about it. And I remember. Uh, there was this time that I was like searching up wrestling schools uh, on like my family computer and I found Booker T school and it was like in Houston, which is only like six hours from, I say only, but it's about six hours from Laredo. The
1: wrestling, <laughs> Six hours, right? nothing. You jump in right? a car, you're there, you wrestle, you come home, eh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it. It's so funny because like, I'll be like, honey, let's go here. And he's like, oh, that's two hours away. And I'm like, we Used to road like- there for like 12 hours, one <laughs> yeah. show, and then 12 hours home. What do you mean, two hours too far? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah um, six hours. So, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so it was about six hours for me, and I called over my mom. It, I was like, Hey, like, look, there's a school, and he has fantasy camps, like, maybe I can go to one during the summer. But when I turn 18, and I graduate high school. I want to move to Houston and start training to become a wrestler at Booker T's. So I had it like planned out, and my parents were just like, "Yeah, sure, like that's what you want, then that's what you're going to do." And uh, so yeah, I uh, I found that, and then I think like I, I was just like getting so much more serious about it. Like after that year that I took off, I just started training a lot. Um, uh, and then I was like, Hmm, I have like some time off from school. Like maybe I can go and like travel to Houston. My, my aunt and my uncle actually live here. Uh, oh, well, I say here cause I live here now, but, uh, they live here. And so I would like travel to Houston on like a Greyhound and I would go train at Booker's like, uh, it was during like Christmas breaks and spring breaks. So instead of like going, my friends hated me because like they wanted me to go out with them and go to the beach and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to training. Uh, so, yeah, I would go train there. And then uh, eventually I was just like put onto the shows. And yeah, that's kind of how I got started, which is so crazy to me because like I just remember the time that I like told my parents, oh, when I turn 18, I'm going to start training at Reality Wrestling To become a wrestler and like at 18 i was making history at reality wrestling by becoming their youngest diamonds champion which is just like i don't know it's very like it still gives me the chills like every time i like just speak it like actually speak it (laughs) because i'm just like it's so crazy
1: no and it's it's actually you're such a great inspiration i mean you obviously we talked about the speaking out movement and now you're like hopefully other women don't have to experience the same things that you went through You're the youngest champion, the diamond champion there with Booker T's uh, promotion. It's like the things that you're doing at such a young age, you're so inspirational, I'm sure, to these girls who do know what independent wrestling is, because now it's a little bit more popular than it was, say, back in 2007 when I got started, you know? So, I mean, it's amazing what you're doing at such a young age. Plus, like, it's like you found your passion already when it takes people many years of college to even figure out what job they want to do because they don't have a passion for anything
2: yeah I always like wanted my I have like two like best friends that I've stayed friends with since like the beginning of high school um their names are Hin and Sarah and like they're super super 100% supportive of like my wrestling they're always at my shows and like cheering me on and uh I just always like I, I I felt like how much passion I had for wrestling and I just like always just like prayed like I hope they find like that passion for something like like something in their life that they're just so passionate about that they want to like you know go after something um and I, I think about it like with my sisters too I have a little sister I have two little sisters um and I just always hope like I hope that they find something that they're just like so 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 passionate about um because it's such a good feeling you know
1: definitely like me I never thought I was going to be a wrestler and then like I started ring announcing on accident and then from there one of the guys I started ring announcing everywhere because at the time only Lillian Garcia was around and uh, a woman ring announcing was like a total novel thing you know yeah so like one guy was like why don't you wrestle and I was like holy sh- man that's a great idea <laughs> <that's> a lot <laughs> of like, it oh. and then like as soon as I took my first comp I was like oh my god I love this this is amazing you know so it is. It, it is it takes people different times to find their passion. And you know, sometimes you find it, luckily like me, accidentally, but I mean, for you to have <laughs> it at such a young age is amazing. And let's talk more about that because I mean you've had so many wonderful opportunities, including, I mean, you've wrestled at 19 years old, you've wrestled people like Jazz, Sue Young, Priscilla Kelly, who's obviously in WWE now, Kylie Ray, Kimberly, Diana Perrazzo. I mean, these women all have like such great histories behind them already. Some of them haven't been in long, but jazz who's been in for 20 plus years, you've wrestled. I mean, these aren't like small names that you're going up against. These are some of the, all the women, in fact, that I named are on TV currently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's always been so crazy to me. I feel like every time I was given like this type of opponent, I was just, Like, it was just like a moment where I was just like, wait, like, um, yeah, it was just always a moment where I was just like, wait, like, this is weird. Like, I'm wrestling jazz. What? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think like I, I give like super big props to like the promoters because they're kind of the ones that are like believing in me that I can actually, you know, they could trust me with someone like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Deonna Craso and like Jazz and how you said like like Kylie Ray and like it, but it kind of also proves that like I can I I, I am able to um, kind of wrestle at their level and like just because I'm you know 14 15 16 17 however old I am like I can go up against people like Jazz Kylie Ray mm-hmm. Diana.
1: Well, I mean, this is obviously why you have the name the prodigy in front of you. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's talk some more because another great opportunity that you have is you were the first woman to receive a ticket to the gold for ROH women's tournament. And I mean, that was after a tag match where Maria Kanellis said that you stuck out compared to everyone else in that match. I mean, that's got to be one of the greatest compliments
2: yeah yeah i used to watch her like on tv when i was younger so it's just like even just like uh the first time i like went to ring of honor and i just saw her i was just like (laughs) she is a god (laughs) um she's so beautiful um and so confident like so like i don't know her energy is just like uh.
1: (laughs) i wrestled her once too when i was in ohio and like I sat, I think, I, I can't remember if this before, after the match, after we, we were done. And like, we talked about like everything she had done business-wise, not just wrestling, but like behind the scenes and like working for like Celebrity Apprentice and stuff like, and she does not get enough credit for how extremely intelligent she is as well. Like we're so used to the little ditzy character kind of on WWE and then yeah. you see her progressing now into this more intelligent character as she goes along. But like, she's brilliant
2: yeah and she's a mom
1: <laughs> I'm
2: like and she's a mom and she does all this stuff with Ring of Honor I'm like she's amazing
1: yeah I, um, ha- I had her on the podcast recently I was like how do you balance all your time and she's like honestly I don't know
2: <laughs> yeah that's not like because I remember like uh, when I was in like high school and I'd be doing these podcasts, and people would be like how do you handle everything like how do you do like uh like school and I was also taking like college classes Mm -hmm. and like balancing like friends and wrestling and all of that and I was like I really don't know
1: (laughs) yeah you just kind of got to go through with it it. like you just like (laughs) you just do it like when I was wrestling I remember when I was in Ohio I had two jobs plus I was wrestling on the weekends plus I was training on Wednesdays and Sundays with my trainer which was two and a half hours away one way So it's like, you just really don't think about it. You just kind of go through your own motions and hope that, you know, everything lines up perfectly and you get enough rest the night before. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I got the first uh, ticket to gold, which was amazing. Um, I feel like that's another like really big moment just because it it was like, okay, I was the first match to like, like, uh, what's it called? Like, it was, like, the rebirth of the women's division, the ring banner women's division, and yeah. then I got the first ticket to gold to, like, the tournament, the first women's tournament, and, like, it was just, like, very crazy to me, because I was just, like, wait, like, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm still, like, the same little girl in, like, my room, like, like making out drawings of, like, uh gear and like characters and names and like now I'm just like wait this is actually like real like I actually have to like stop and kind of like soak it all in and be like hey like this is real this is actually happening like everything you like actually dreamt of when you were like 10 11 years old like it's actually like real this is happening
1: (laughs) and this is only eight years later it's not like 25 years yeah that's what it's like your own destiny
2: (laughs) yeah it's really crazy. Um, but it, it's just like it makes me so happy because like I'm so happy where I am right now. But I know that this is only like just a certain part of my story. Like like deep down inside me, I know that I have like so much more.
1: Oh, definitely. I can tell like the matches that I've seen on YouTube. I've seen follow you on Twitter and Instagram as well. Like the way You handle yourself at 19 years old. I definitely wasn't handling myself. Thank (laughs) God social media wasn't like as big as it is now back then. (laughs) So it's like, it's amazing to see like your progress. And like I had on Izzy Mania not that long ago. And obviously she has a different route than what you've been going. But like, she's 13 years old right now, had her first match at 11. And now, you know, she's doing like Muay Thai and kickboxing and all these things. She's going about it. She's awesome. But it's like, it's, it's so crazy. Cause like when I broke into the business, I'm not trying to make this about me, but just kind of, you know, relating. Yeah. Like we had ring of honor and of course we had WWE, you know, but uh, Trish Stratus and Lita were around at that time. So we were getting better matches, just not like what we're getting now, like with Bailey and Sasha and Charlotte and everybody that's amazing in WWE. And then you have the impact knockouts, you have ring of honor women's tournament going on. You have the NWA Women's Tournament coming up as well. It's so like, much wrestling. <laughs> my, it, it, it's great. Cause like, I know that back then. And I mean, like I had people that I looked up to like cheerlead Melissa, you know, um, Allison Danger, Daisy Hayes, people like this. And it's like, now you guys that are coming into the business have so many more people that you guys can really look up to. And now mm-hmm. you are going to be somebody that somebody else is looking up to. Like you already said, there's a couple of young girls that were looking up to you, you know? It's amazing. Like, oh, God, I'm so jealous of what <laughs> you guys have now. I,
2: I just think it's so cool because, especially like how you were saying, there's so much wrestling. And I feel like before there wasn't. So there was like very little woman. And you saw like all the male wrestlers that they were just like, there is just a different different type of wrestler like every male wrestler and then it was just the woman they were just like in this box and it was just like they had to be this way they just had to be this way and now it's like literally there's so many women that you could just be whatever you want and like there's so many like it gives like a younger generation so many so many more opportunities because they can like kind of look up to it and be like oh look like
1: There's so many different types of women's wrestlers. I can be this now. Like, it's really cool. Well, like just going and saying that, like probably when I was 13, I mean, I don't remember exactly who was on TV, but there was a lot of bra and panties matches. There wasn't women's wrestling. So maybe the reason why I didn't get into women's wrestling as much until I was in my twenties was because of that reason, you know, seeing real women's wrestling. I was, I mean, you occasionally have a breakout match here or there. But I mean, most of the time it was these silly gimmick matches, but still iconic in their own way in the Attitude era, but not knocking them because they obviously have some athletic ability, of course, to be on TV doing those kind of things. But it's just like now the athletic ability that the women have and are able to show and possess and the characters, like you said, that they can develop into whatever they want to be. Mm -hmm.
2: Like I remember, uh, well, Clearly, my favorite wrestler was AJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of, like, because, so at first, the first ever, like, uh, WWE diva that I was, like, oh, she's so cool. It was Kelly Kelly. I thought she was, like, so gorgeous, and she was just so athletic, and she was just, like, amazing. But I couldn't really, like, connect with her. There was yeah. just something that I was just, like, like, I can't be, like, her, mm-hmm. but she's cool. And then I saw AJ, and, like, she just had, like, this whole, like, uh, like tomboy persona. And, like, in her promos, you could tell that, like, the way she was talking was, like, I have wanted this for so long. And, like, now I am a WWE diva. And it was, like, it's so cool because, like, that kind of is, like, what connects you to, like, wrestlers is, like, oh, like, they're just like me, and they achieved their dreams, so so can I. And I feel like we just need a lot more of like those types of people that way, like the younger generation can kind of like be inspired and be like, oh, I could do it too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, like we said, the amount of women's wrestling just on TV, I'm not even talking about the independent leagues, you know, that are out there, um, independent companies rather out there like Shimmer. I mean, they're just basically on DVD right now. And I mean, you can't really find them on YouTube because Dave Prazak doesn't want that to happen. So it's like, just the women on TV, like it's so inspirational to see. I mean, I didn't mention AEW women's division either. Like Britt Baker's obviously killing it. Thunder Rosa on NWA and on uh, AEW killing it. I mean, these women are just knocking it out of the park. And like, I have like, nothing but respect for every woman yeah. out there because obviously I've been a part of it but like what they're doing right now is just on a completely different level than what I did when I was my first match which is right here this area here you know <laughs> 2007 it's just crazy the difference. would you ever come um, back um I would, but I'm pregnant with my second kid now. Oh so
2: congrats. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so the likelihood of me coming back is probably very unlikely. If I could do a spot show here or there, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But <laughs> well if you come probably back, that's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably unlikely, but <laughs> let's talk some more about the women's tournament because obviously it's coming up very soon. And I wrote down I have 14 out of the 15 names of the people in the tournament. So I don't know who I'm missing, but I mean, you have so many great, amazing women. You have up and comers. You have these women who have been around like Angelina Love, again, 20 years, 20 plus years. You have Allison Kay, who has been in pretty much every major promotion that there is. You have Mandy Leon, who has been a part of Ring of Honor for many years. You have Nicole Savoy, a former Shimmer women's champion. I mean... This has got to be intimidating for somebody who is, I mean, you're not obviously just coming into the business, but, you know, to be coming into a tournament with these women of so much talent, I mean, Sumi Sakai, Holly Dead, Marty Bell, Willow Nightingale, um, Alex Gracia, Miranda Elise, Trisha Dorr. I mean, these names are just amazing to be a part of.
2: Um, I feel i feel confident
1: um
2: just because like i i feel as if uh yes like i am way younger than all of these women but i feel like i've worked just as hard and uh i feel like a lot of times like people because i i know like when when they announced me for the ring of honor tournament there was uh a lot of like people that were like oh um she's, she's been able to like get so much success in such a short, short amount of time. And I'm like, well, no, really. Like, <laughs> uh, I started when I was like 13 and like, it was kind of hard just because I was like, I was so serious about it, but I got a little impatient just because it was like, well, nothing can really happen for me right now. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you have to be 18. <laughs> yeah. uh, So now that like these things can actually happen, I'm just like putting my 100 percent into it because I'm like, okay, like I've been working for so hard. And like now I'm going to show everybody that like I have been working for so for so long, so hard. And like, yeah, I'm going to show everybody that in this tournament.
1: That's great. You know what? I have a lot of friends in this tournament, but just sitting here talking to you and getting to see the passion that you have at such a young age. I really hope that you can go all the way with this because I think <laughs> Thank it would be you. an inspiration to you know maybe people who are still in the business who don't have the passion that you do to maybe you know relight that that fire under them, and then the younger girls or people that maybe haven't even caught on to wrestling yet, you know maybe this is the first time they see women's wrestling on you know this tournament, Ring of Honor's women's uh, wrestling tournament, and you inspire them in, in that way. Like, I just wish you the ultimate best in this because I just I like I can feel it. Even though <laughs> when I'm in Canada, Through, through the screen, <laughs> I can feel it, you know, and that's, that's something that a lot of people don't have, you know, like, a lot of people say it's that it factor. And I feel like you have that just from talking to you. And I feel like you're going to develop that even more. And it's just a matter of time before you just break through the universe and just show everyone everything you have.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Well, let's go ahead. Let's start wrapping this up. Why don't you tell everyone your social media, where they can find you, and what you have coming up soon, besides obviously hey. tournament.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I have the Women's Tournament coming up. Um, my social media, my Instagram is underscore R-O-K-C. My Twitter is TheRoxy underscore. And then my Facebook is roxy. Um I also have a YouTube channel which I need to get better at posting on there, but I have a couple of matches on there. Uh it's just Roxy R O K C.
1: Awesome. You have been such a delight to have on and once again all the best of luck in your career. Thank
2: you so much.
1: Okay, until next time, guys.
0: Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over fifty years. Okay, hey, talking here with uh Arn Anderson. Arn first of all, your height and weight. Six one two fifty five. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my own. Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <laughs> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... <laughs> What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I want to say one thing. Bruno was an LA champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill After, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a Did loss. Did have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is this. That the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.